Behind the Shades. Let's spend time together because it was it wasn't too long ago that we weren't allowed to have anyone over to our home. It wasn't too long ago that we had something on our face that we had to distance that we had to do this. And now we're like, Hey, I get a true Christmas. So like your husband and probably like so many other people, I can see why they went immediately back to their childhood because their childhood had their grandmother, their grandfather, their mom, their dad, the uncles, their aunts, the cousins. No one had dogs, but we had everything back (laughs) then, right? (laughs) So I can imagine that he was feeling a little down because there's people this year who were together last year. Yeah. And there's people who were happier in years gone that may not be as happy now. And you touched on it that there's a lot of people who this Christmas is a lot different than the years prior. And I know that the first Monday in January is usually deemed like the most depressing day because it's the first business day or beginning of the week that all of that is gone. I always said from Thanksgiving to the end of the year, it's all family, family, frat family. You have the big dinners, you have Remembrance Day, you have all this stuff, Halloween for the kids. And then come January, it's a whole different ballgame. So what kind of cut what so what type of experience did you have within your home as well as the people that you're helping with, right? Yeah. Well I want to answer like just what you said before I answer that question, I want to say, see I'm opposite. For me, the most exciting time for me, is the week of from my birthday to about January 5th, because that is when I am in creation mode. That is when I'm really looking at myself and going, okay, Janelle, how are you going to level up this year? How are you going to really like make the difference and pay your rent on this earth? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, how am I going to really show up? And so I am during that week, I'm manifesting, I'm creating, I am goal setting, I am planning, I am budgeting, I am, I'm in that mode for about a month. And I think for talking about relationships, I think that's what's missing in so many relationships. You know, why? Let's think about this. Why is being engaged so exciting? Why is the day you get married? so exciting. It's because you have a vision. You have something that you are looking forward to. There is possibility and the possibilities are endless and they're all positive. And you have this connection with someone who you're like, hey man, I get to go through life with someone else. And you create the house and the dog and the fence and the car and the babies, right? You're like, it's all planned out in your head. At least this is how women think anyway. I don't know if men are like that. Um, But once we get married and then the kids grow up and then you get into work and then you get older, you stop creating. And now you're just kind of, all you got are your memories. Those are the only things that excite you now is thinking about the past, but your future is right. Like starts here in the present. And so I feel like if we can move our energy from 
And not to say that lingering in like nostalgia is a bad thing, but when that's all we have to hold on to and it actually makes us feel worse because now we're like, oh, I lost that thing. Right now, it's like it's actually not good for us. And so I think it's really important for couples and just people in general to always be thinking and creating yourself. Because sometimes we get stuck with the identity or a judgment that we have about each other that when we were eight. And if we don't keep creating, we're going to be stuck with that identity forever. Right. Like I had the identity that I was stupid since I was eight years old. And until I can create something, another label to put on top of that label, that label will always be there. No matter how much I try to deny it and avoid it, resist it, it's going to always be there until I have something else to replace it with. And she's not stupid, everyone, just so you guys realize, okay? She's very intelligent, very smart. I can vouch for her. It is a real story. It is a real story that I have about myself. So how did you... Uh-huh. How did you get how did you get rid of that label because that's a label that you had for so long at such a young age? Yeah. So something happened to me um a sexual abuse thing, not terrible 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 but enough to be scarring to an 8-year-old. And I didn't tell anybody because this person was like a family friend. And when I did say something um my mom got really angry. And I took it like, oh, that's my fault. Had I been smarter, I would have said something sooner, but I didn't. Therefore, I'm dumb. So here I am going through life, straight A's. I did advanced placement um, into high school. I graduated with honors. I had three scholarships. I went to university, got honors there. I went to Royal, Royal Conservatory, got honors there. Like, I have a pretty impressive resume and yet it is something that I grapple with every single day and it's like this perfectionism that I'm like been so hardwired to be that I'm constantly like bumping up against every day and so people think that I got it all figured out I'm like no I don't I just have tools to be able to really check myself out and just get to what's really going on and instead of resisting it and avoiding it, I can actually deal with it and overcome it and then move forward. That's the only difference. I'm not better, smarter or anything like that. I just have tools. But um, yeah, that's it is a tough one. And so you have to, for me, it's always being in action. Right, because I think when we get fear, we, we're going to stop and we get paralyzed and we just do nothing. Um, and I just want to let people know this is in the context of my business. Right. I have it like every time I want to level up my business, charge more money, come up with a new program for my for my my coaching business. That voice comes in. says, You can't do that. Who do you think you are? And I think part of it too, train is cultural. You know, I'm Filipino. I come from a my grandma only finished grade four. Um, she worked in a cigarette factory. You know, my mom came to Canada two years before I was born with $500 in her pocket and she was a nanny. And so I think a lot of what I'm also grappling with is that, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to have this big dream? Who do you think you are to want to change 10 million lives and transform families and end divorce and end generational trauma? Who do you think you are, Janelle? That's what I... Wow, I'm getting really vulnerable really fast here. But that is like, that is my thing that I grapple with every single day. But that's also what what pushes me. 
to show up differently every single day and to to be willing to be humble enough to fail and be okay with that and see it as actual an opportunity to lesson instead of going into wow wow woe is me right because the wow wow woe is me is the one who says i'm dumb well you've come so far and i think for those who come from parents that are immigrants you sometimes look at your parents and you say, is that subconsciously now you say, Mm -hmm. is that my future? You mentioned your mother came, your mother worked in a factory, you know, grandmother, $500 in her. You have these things and you say, okay, my parents were this because many of our parents were factory workers. They came from an established life and they said, for the most part, I want something better for the next generation. And I think that's where, children like myself, like you, need to pull from and say, yes, they may not have had the education that I have or that I got. They may not be able to have the potential career-wise that I have, but can I live up to the legacy saying that I am going to do whatever it takes to be successful? Because to leave your native land is a huge step forward in the name of success yeah ballsy very ballsy oh. <laughs> could you do Everything. that you don't know, know anybody don't know <laughs> you can barely speak the language you go i mean i don't i have so much so much admiration for people that can just you know i i met someone from not zimbabwe bet bet benegal senegal senegal she's like 20 years old, came here to do university. She's here on her own. I could not do that at 20. I mean, I mean, I say that now, but I mean, I, I may have could have, but the things that we, the things that we are willing and able to do when we are that committed, right? Like no joke committed. Like I can't even tell you, Tarina, how many times I've failed in this business. And I was, I was such a perfectionist and such a, you know, I've always done well in my life. I've always been just naturally gifted. There were, there aren't a lot of things that I really struggled with in my life as far as learning. And so to be in this, such a vulnerable place where it's only me, I don't have a boss. I am my own boss. And to have to like, really like motivate myself, like be the boss and the employee at the same time. And just the the conversations that I have with myself is so interesting but i am clear that god has given me this 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 job i'm clear about that i i once i was half asleep and i just heard you are a healer and it was the oddest thing because i've never considered myself that and yet when i heard it i said of course i am of course i am so i know in my heart this is my calling and I really get, I'm given the gift of challenge after challenge after challenge to make me stronger and tougher and more resilient. But right now it's like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> but then when I stop and I just acknowledge myself, I go, who was I like even a month ago? And how much have I accomplished since then? And who was I a year ago? And how have I overcome when I can really acknowledge and love myself and go, you know what, Janelle, <laughs> you're freaking amazing. Then I can give myself that compassion and grace. And I don't think we we do that enough for ourselves and each other. 
we're so hard on ourselves, aren't we? We are. And is that something that maybe you would assist your clients with finding what is going to drive them to be successful and learning to take the risk similar to you, similar to our parents, similar to anyone that really wants something? Because as you mentioned, you need to want it bad enough. Yeah. Yeah. And and yes, it's something that I definitely work with my clients on. I think it's really about like looking at your expectations, right? And where did those expectations come from? Are they yours truly? Or did someone else tell you that that's what that was to be, right? Like for me, I was always told work hard. You can make all the money if you work hard. So here I am working 80 hour weeks, not making the money that I want to make and going, well, I'm working hard. Someone told me that that's what I need to do. I just need to work hard. And then I read this book. It was such a great book. I can't remember the name of it, but she said, consider that you, you don't actually have to work hard and you can still be successful. And I was like, what? <laughs> Never heard of this concept before. Anyway, fast forward, I go on this vacation. Okay. And I'm at this point, like, I'm so frustrated. I'm like wanting to throw the towel in. So frustrated. I go, and I go away and I start to listen to audiobooks and I start to really like shift my thinking and realizing I've been focusing on myself and my success. I've been making this whole thing all about me when the, the whole point of my business is to serve others. And so I shifted that energy within myself and go, Janelle, stop worrying about the money. It'll come. Just serve. Just serve. And as soon as I came back, bam, 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 full, full schedule. Didn't do anything. It just happened. <laughs> and that's when I realized, like, oh, the thing that they were talking about. Okay. So I just need to make sure I take care of myself. And I just need to make sure I'm clear about what I want and who I am and have a pure heart. And then things will just come to me naturally. Wow. And so, yeah, like that was a huge uh, life lesson for me this year. See, when you changed, your situation changed. And that's the lesson to be learned because as you made a great, great point that I want to double back to is when you said that, am I living life? Is this my expectations or this expectations from somewhere else? We have parents. I will say that I was a doctor and a lawyer. So you have to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer. I was married and I had two kids. So you have to be married and have two kids. I was good or deemed as successful for the generation before us may not be your story because everyone should be able to write their own story. The templates can be our mother and our father and our parents, but the author ultimately will still have to be you. will still have to be me. will still have to be everyone else. And as I help people that I work with, one of the concerns that I always find with people is that their unhappiness in large, in large part, is due to other people's expectations. Yes, yes, yes. And to take it another step further and deeper, the other thing that causes us pain and suffering is when we have expectation of others, right? And then they don't behave or react or respond the way that we think they should respond 
based on our own value set, we get upset with them. But they're just doing them. They're just, they're just, they're being them. And they say whatever that, that came out of their mouth. And then we make it like it's a bad thing. When all we're really doing is we're resisting it based on the expectation that we have. A lot of times, you know, it's funny. You can imagine when I go to places and people ask me what I do, I'm on the massage table. So what do you do? I'm a relationship coach. Okay, so here's my marriage, right? Every, every chiro appointment, massage appointment becomes like a therapy session. <laughs> but one of the things that people ask me a lot is, Janelle, what is one thing you can tell me? Like what's one piece of advice you could give me? And for some reason, I often say, don't have expectations. Because when you can come with no expectations, everything is amazing. But when you have expectations there, there is always a possibility of disappointment. And then that disappointment now leads to, I'm unloved, they don't love me, they don't care. When really it was just an expectation. And so one of the distinctions I love to you know, share with my clients is don't have expectations, have agreements because agreements exist in, in, in communication. Here's what I expect of you. Oh, okay, cool. I got it. Thank you. And now I understand. But when we keep it in here, right? And then we expect someone to be a certain way and we can't even be, we can't even allow them to be themselves. Now we feel the angst when really we create that angst with these expectations. So and that's something, you know, no, hmm. to your point, that's something I say as well is the expectation, especially since you mentioned dating, I find that that comes from previous relationships. Mm-hmm. I was cheated on. So my expectation mm-hmm. is I want the next person to behave this way. And I like the word that you use when you said agreements, because that's how I would like to operate and navigate. Say, this is what my view of a relationship with. This is my view of a marriage. And then mm-hmm. you have that conversation because someone could enter a relationship and they're not accustomed to speaking on the phone every single day where the other person is. Yeah. So if they don't communicate that, the person could be like, well, I'm happy calling you all the time. But the other person be like, well, I have certain things that I want to do. So yeah. when it, I would hope that people can communicate that a little bit better. Like I know how there's the whole, the gender war and, you know, and all this other stuff that's going on, but I think we have to take it back to the basics and just simply say, hi, my name is Terrain. This is what I think a relationship, the type of relationship I want. What are your thoughts? And then you have that back and forth. And as you mentioned, you have the agreements, but you don't want to go in there assuming anything. Well, so, you know, I want to talk about, and I don't normally like to talk about it, but I want to talk about my divorce because I feel like that's what it was really all about was just my parents were such great role models for us, you know, affection, communication, teamwork. They had their own janitorial service together. You know, we went to church together. We, they cleaned together. And so that for me was what, in my mind, I was like, ah, oh, this is what I want. But then, you know, it was interesting because, you know, everything seemed to be okay while we were engaged, but it was almost like as though when we came home, there was this switch that got flipped 
And it was almost like, oh, okay, I'm done. I'm officially married. Don't need to try and put any effort into anything anymore. And so I had these expectations and they drove me insane. And I got really angry and resentful and I blamed him. And, you know, I went, the the turning point for me in my life, as far as my self-development journey is, I was invited to a home to do as an introduction to a course. And I was like, you and I need to take this course because we need to fix you. (laughs) I literally said that out loud. We need to fix you. And inside this course, it's called Landmark, by the way, inside this course, I discovered, holy crap, I have not been being responsible for my expectations, for my behavior, for my part in this breakdown of this marriage. And so the course ended and I just got real, real with myself. And I got real with him. And I said, listen, I am so sorry. I have been blaming you. I have been judging you. I've been making you wrong. And the truth is, you're you're great the way you are. You are. It just doesn't work for me. So it was really absent of judgment and blame and fault. It was just like, dude, you're great. Seriously. It's just not what I want. Two good people sometimes don't work together. And that is perfectly fine. Yeah. And you can have two bad people that they get together and it works magically. Um, I went through, I had someone that was, they didn't take relationships seriously. To them, it was just a thing, something to pass time. And unfortunately, it caught up with them because when they ultimately found something that maybe they wanted, or something they want to put the effort in, they've had all these quote unquote bad habits from (laughs) previous relationships. So now they're struggling. And to your point, it's easier to point the finger outward than it is inward. And for many of us, by the time we realize it, even though it's never too late, love has no expiry and there's no time limit on love. Is just, if you've been one way for 10 years, you can't undo 10 years of that behavior in one. Yeah. Yeah, well, especially if you're doing it by yourself. I think it's possible when you have an accountability partner like a coach to like hold your feet to the fire and keep reiterating and because your old program is always going to keep bringing you back to your old way of being, like you said, you know, and I think, even thinking about my ex-husband, it was kind of like that. It was like, he wanted to be the kind of man that I wanted. He really did. But, you know, as they say, the apple doesn't fall from the tree. And my ex, my ex-in-laws were crazy pants. <laughs> and, it, you know, I, and I saw the red flags. I was like, interesting. They do not like each other. They're very hostile. They yell at each other. They curse at each other. They hate each other. And yet he values his father's opinion so highly and, and, and it would get in the way of our plans. Like, you know, we around having kids around buying a house and he had to interject and give his opinion. And all of a sudden what we had agreed upon is no longer valid because his dad thinks that we should do this. And so it was, it was really messed up, you know? Um, And, you know, to your point a few minutes ago, I think it's perfectly good. It's, it's okay that two people that are good people, can't make it work. 
I think that we just need to be careful of is are we being responsible for what happened in that relationship? And I don't think people are. They say they they do, and yet they aren't. Because as soon as someone says, well, you, you hurt me, they get really defensive about it. Like they're not allowed to feel hurt. But if they were actually responsible and go, you know what? I get, I get that I hurt this person. And she says, you know what? I'm really, really hurt. He can actually listen to it and go, yeah, I got it. I hear you. I'm so sorry that I did that to you. But we don't do that for each other, do we? And I think a lot of it is habit. I think it's from watching TV, from listening to our parents. Like, I don't know about you, Doreen, but my parents never apologized. They never taught us how to apologize. It was go and argue, you know, walk off upset. And then when you're cooled down, come back and act like nothing happened. And not like it's bad or wrong, but that's just what was what we were taught and it was ingrained in us. And so my husband is the opposite. My husband's like an over apologizer. It's super cute. But, you know, I really like being with him. I'm like, oh, I can apologize and not feel like a weak person about it. This is new. So it's not like I'm a bad person for not being able to apologize. I just was never taught. So I want if anyone's listening to this who's in a marriage that is really feeling really, you know, they're frustrated because their partner isn't acting or behaving the way they think they should, consider it's just, it's nothing personal. It's just, it's just probably how their parents were. And so again, until we have an accountability partner, until we have something that continues to bring us back to the center line when we've strayed, to remind us of our vision, we will always keep reverting back to the to what we know. But consider that everything that we want, everything we want is on the other side of fear. And we know that, but we just haven't been given the tools to, well, how do we deal with that? Where do I begin? How do I need to think? How do I need to act? Oh, you're on mute. Sorry about that. What are some of the tools that we can use to help us through that? Through the, which, which part specifically? Through not reverting back to habits that were learned and that are not benefiting, benefiting us in the way that we'd want. So for example, if I'm in a relationship now and something has been identified that is making the relationship not perform in a beneficial or optimal way. What are some tools that I can use to maybe work myself into a position where I'm no longer impacted by that and the person I'm with is no longer being hurt by me? Yeah, that's really good questions. So number one is you need to get responsible, right? And what the, and I want to change people's perspective or definition of responsible. I think I, I think we talked about this in the last podcast, but anyway, what I said is responsibility is simply the ability to respond. And in, in order to respond, you have to be empowered. You can't be in a pity party. You can't feel like the victim. You can't be blaming. It just doesn't work. And so you have to get responsible. Yeah, this is my situation I'm in. Yeah, this is my debt load. Yeah, I am 40 pounds overweight. Just get responsible about it. Get So number one, awareness. Just get clear for yourself what is what's so. Stop lying to yourself. 
We love to do that. Just get real. And then you want to go, okay, well, where, what do I want? This is the piece that everyone seems to miss. Everyone knows what they don't want, right? People will complain about their relationship to me for hours. But then I say, okay, great. But what is it that you actually want then? They look at me like, what? What do I want? I don't know. I don't know what I want. So of course they get more of what they don't want because they have no clue where they're going. They're like walking backwards. And so I think you have to get clear. It's like, where is, where is it that you want to go? Is it to lose 20 pounds? Is it to have a relationship? Is it to be more patient? Is it to be more appreciative? What is it? You got to have, it's like a GPS. You got to put in the coordinates. If you put, if you just leave it alone, you're just going to be driving aimlessly and waste gas. And then you're going to be frustrated because you're not going anywhere. Right. And then you got to take action. And I think part of the action piece is you got to have accountability. Because if you say, I'm going to go to the gym, you're going to say that to yourself for weeks. So I'm going to go to the gym. Yeah, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym. But if you've got an accountability partner, right, or you have some sort of organizational, you know, day timer that you're going to write it in and actually do what you say you're going to do, then you're going to, your chances of fulfilling whatever goal you have is is higher, but you got to know what your goal is. You got to know where you're going first and you got to know how to get there. And then you got to figure out what can I do to make sure I don't self-sabotage, right? How do I keep the momentum going? So one of the things I actually did with a couple of my clients, because we're all about getting healthy this year, is we got onto a chat. We created a Facebook chat. And whenever we go to the gym or whenever we weigh ourselves, we post. And it's our way of creating fun and support and leadership and initiative to really show up. Because for those who keep saying tomorrow, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Tomorrow, I'm going to stop doing this. Tomorrow comes every single day, except for those who don't plan for it. Yeah. Right? Meaning that, sure, you can say that's tomorrow. And I like that you mentioned accountability and being responsive. Because if you truly love someone and if you want to make it work, right, you're going to say, hun, babe, my lover, <laughs> the sexy guy over there, you're going to say, hey, I want to do better. I may need your help in doing better, yeah. but I want to do better. So I want to do better starting today. But what I find is that to your point, when you get them to ask, okay, give me the list. What do you want? The list is zero. What mm -hmm. don't you want? Super or vague, vague, right? Yeah. yeah. And then what you don't want, it's a thousand things. So I, I just tell them, okay, look at the list that you don't want. That means the opposite of that is what you want. Yeah. For some reason, you can't articulate it and you can't put it to paper. And I think that is part of the problem as well. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, well, duh, the opposite. But for some people, they're, they've spent so much energy and time, you know, going back to habits. They've had such this habit of living in this, this vicious cycle, exhausting cycle of like defeat and disappointment and frustration and worry that when you're like, hey, did you know you can actually get, you just need to stand up and get out of the cage. You don't actually have to stay here. 
to them, they're like, what? I can actually get out of this? No. They like, they almost want to stay there, even though you give them the option to escape because it's familiar. We love familiarity. We love, it has, it gives us this fake sense of safety. So people would rather stay in unhappy marriages rather than actually speak up and, and make a declaration about what they want. That takes courage. That takes a yeah. lot of courage. Yeah. Yeah. So how, so how do you, so how would you, let's say if you're going to use me as an example, I'm a courageous man, but let's just say that, you know what, I'm stuck. I just don't know what I want to do with myself and I'm just trying to figure it all out. How would you help me to help me? Yeah. Um, so I would, taking it another step further. So this is the homework. I'm giving you guys so much juice today, just so you know. <laughs> but before someone comes on a client, uh, on a, a consult with me, I ask them to actually do some homework. And the homework is, give me a list of what you want and give me a list of what you fear. That's it. And from that, I can actually tell where this person's head is because they may not have a lot of wants. I don't know what I want, but man, they got a lot of fear. So now I know like when I, cause I'm very careful about who I work with, right? My, my, I have to really, one thing I've also learned this year is I need to protect my energy. And so I am not, I don't work with just anyone. Their, their energies have to match mine. And when I, when I don't trust that intuition, that gut feeling, I end up really struggling to get these people on the other side. So it's like, you know, I ask them, like, who do you want to be remembered as? Because I want them to get into the being, the having the nice car, the having the nice house. Like, yeah, 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 that's great. Those are great wants. But really what I want, like, what are those, what is the experience of life that they're looking for? What are they so craving to feel right now? Is that love? Is that acceptance? Is that appreciation? Is that trust? What is that thing? Because when I know what's that, then I can help them get there. But if I, if they're unclear, then I'm like a guide in the dark. Is it this? Is it this? Right. And then when we look at their fear, it's like, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid to say? What are you tolerating in your life? Because sometimes the want is buried underneath the fear. Because then I can say, well, if that's your fear, what if I could, what if I had a magic wand? What if I could actually have you be completely 100% confident and unapologetic in who you are? What would that be like? Oh my God, it would be amazing. Okay, great. What would you be doing right now? Oh my God, I'd be getting a new job. I'd, and all of a sudden their dreams just start spilling out. But these fears are like plug holes, right? And so they're, they're kind of like emotionally constipated. <laughs> And so I feel like that sometimes that's what that, that feeling that we have in our soul that just feels so restless and, and kind of confused and like, you know, there's something there, but you kind of just feel stuck. I think that's what that is, is it's, it's begging to come out. And so when you can pour those emotions and those fears on paper and look at it subjectively and objectively, then you can go, oh, that's kind of silly. Why do I think I'm dumb? Why am I so afraid of being seen as dumb? I'm not dumb. That's a silly one. Okay, cross that one out. And then we get down to the ones that we know like feel real. 
because, you know, one time that time my mom told me that and this is not true, but one time my mom told me she hated me that one time. And now I've carried that my whole life. And now I'm so afraid that of people not liking me. And so I can get to the, I can get to the core of what's really going on. To be honest, I'm going to be tell you a secret. I don't actually deal a lot with their problems, even though their laundry list is super long, because I know if I can help them on the emotional level, all this other circumstantial stuff that he did, she did all that will won't matter anymore. And so I think that's why people go, how can you give me all these results in such short amount of time? That's why. Because I bypass all that stuff. I get to what you, what do you really want? I just want peace. Okay, I get it. What does that look like to you? I just want to be loved just the way I am. I just want to be appreciated. Okay. So we get underneath that. And that's why miracles happen. It's incredible. And I know it comes from. I don't even know where this comes from, to be honest. I feel like it's kind of, it just kind of comes to me. There's things that I say that come out of my mouth that I'm like, where did that come from? And oftentimes it's so bold that I almost feel like if the person was in front of me, they'd want to slap my face. And yet I get the opposite reaction. They're like, oh my God, you're right. And so for me, it's been really about like trusting my intuition. And that's something that I've never done in the past. I think working in a men's world, working in software sales, you're kind of taught to turn it off. You just follow the, you follow the script and you just go. And so now for me to kind of almost like rediscover my own identity and reconnect to myself in this deep and creative and non, almost like this abstract way is kind of a new thing for me. Like this whole feminine thing is kind of new for me. I've just been in such a, masculine world but it's it's almost like being reborn i would say so you mentioned something that's really caught my attention when you said that you're enjoying being in your feminine even though you're in like a masculine world was that an easy transition for you or was there some difficulty when you had to enter the feminine to continue doing what it is that you're doing so successfully Oh, it was so hard Tareen. I'm telling you it, it's, and I still, I'm still bumping up against that today. Right. It's, it is just an evolution. It is an, a never end. This, this journey will not end until I die. But I think it's partly, I, I come from a very strong mother who was kind of the alpha in the house. And when my dad died and to see her go into her feminine and be emotional and be crying was so strange for me. Um, and there was a, a relationship I had when I was 16 with a man and he was very mean to me, um, very emotionally abusive. And he used to tell me whenever I would cry that I was weak and that I belonged in a mental institution. And so for about 15 years, I never cried. Even at my dad's funeral, I could not allow myself that grace and space and compassion to just be with what was there. My gotta be tough, gotta be strong. Don't let people see you weak was so, so much stronger than my need to grieve. And so it was probably about six months 
until that. Um, and I think also being an overachiever, and it's just been naturally my thing is, is being the masculine, being in charge, getting shit done, right? That was my thing. And then now, I, every way of being that used to work for me in the old realm, in the old identity that I was in, doesn't work in this new realm that I've created for myself, right? The would, structure. Would you go back? Would you go back to being masculine? Well, I would say there's still a part of me that is masculine. I have to, if I want to build the kind of business and make the difference that I want to make, I still have to be bold. I still have to take action. But I would definitely say now, let me put it to you this way. In my old realm, I did not take lunch until like three or four o'clock. I would hold my pee for hours just so I could get stuff done. I would work weekends. I would work on vacation. I want a trip. I want a sales trip to Bermuda. And my husband practically had to rip the laptop out of my arms and say, we are leaving this thing at home. Like that's how driven I was. And to be in this new life where I am the creator of my life and that I actually get to choose to rest if I feel that that's what I need has been very difficult because the way I've been programmed is to say, Janelle, get up, come on, let's go. Chop, 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 time is money. That's what the, the old identity is telling me. And the new identity is like, no, Janelle, you need to take care of yourself. You cannot serve when you're running on empty and it's okay to rest. We need to rest. So it's a very, it's like the angel and the devil at war, right? I mean, I mean that, that sounds very dramatic, but it's, it's constantly having just to retrain my brain to think a certain way and to hear that old voice and say, cancel, mute, delete, decline call, <laughs> and just choose not to listen to that because it's right there. It wants to talk to me loud and clear, and I just got to go psst, zip it. It sounds like you were in a state where you want to find your balance because maybe you spent so many years while you're driven to the top of your professional career unbalanced. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, especially my husband. So I'm going to say this and I'm a little bit ashamed to share this, but I'm going to tell you like, this is how crazy I was. Okay. I would work so much that I would, we would go home, have dinner. I go back to the office I would bring my husband with me at the time. He was my boyfriend, but I would bring him with me and I would give him work to do to help me while I was working at the office. So when I should be at home with him. And I think it just, it, it dawned on me around my 40th birthday that that's not the life I want to live anymore. I don't want to be working for somebody else. I don't want to be trading precious time that I should be with my family especially my amazing husband. He deserves all the attention that he wants from me. He shouldn't have to always be on the back burner. And so that's why I'm creating the business that I'm creating. And my dream is pretty freaking big. And so I'm bumping up against myself, my old identity of what I think I'm able to achieve, despite the voice telling me that I'm not good enough, telling me I'm not smart enough, and telling me, who do you think you are, woman? You're nobody. You can't, you can't make these dreams. Someone else can make these dreams for true, but you can't because you're little and you're insignificant and you don't matter. That's what I got to battle with every single day. So what is next for you 
as you continue to help others and expand the amount of people that you've touched in a positive way? Well, one thing I've decided is that I want to really focus on becoming a really great speaker. I've gone through so much of my life thinking I didn't matter and that I didn't have a story to share. And the more I share, the more I have people going, do you have a book? (laughs) I've heard that many, many times. And so I'm realizing, yeah, you know what? I have experiences in life that people can relate to and people who are looking for hope, right? That they can, even though they've come out of a crappy relationship that has been very heartbreaking, that love and bliss and just that that ooey gooey place that we all so love and crave is possible. But we got to be willing to confront all the ways of our being that just doesn't work for us. And that gets in the way of us opening our hearts and being vulnerable and trusting and being willing to lose. And I think that's what's so both beautiful and scary about love is it's like you're like gambling at the, with the highest stake possible each time. And you know you can lose, but it's like, am I willing to roll that dice? And unfortunately, not enough people are willing to roll the dice. They're willing just to walk away and wonder what if. And so I really want to change that. And so I want to get speaking. I want to take my loving disruption kind of message out into the world because I feel like people need to be shaken up. Like families are falling apart. For what? Because you can't communicate? Like seriously? Because your partner sent had an emotional connection with somebody else on Facebook? You're going to split up everything because of that? Like it just... It hurts me thinking about it and thinking about my clients who are coming to me and saying, Janelle, my 10-year-old daughter just told me she never wants to get married. Like that is so messed up. And so I put myself at risk with these clients and I get up in their face and I tell them how it is and what they need to do. And I just got to keep dealing with my own ego because I know it's not about me. I know that. I know that now. And I think it's just about getting my goal this year is really to amplify, to amplify my message. Because I know not everyone's going to love me. That's okay. I've come to terms with that. But I know there are my people out there who are like, I just want to find this person who's going to be honest with me, who's going to hold me accountable, who's going to tell us that everything's going to be okay, and that we can somehow come back from this brink of divorce and actually save this marriage and have a future with our family that is everything we ever thought possible. That's really what I, that's what I get up for in the morning. And it's a shame that there's more reasons to end something than there are to stay together. And you're providing context as well as reasons to each and every person. Do you see a little bit of, a little bit of yourself in everyone that you help? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's why I'm really effective is because I can, I get it. I've been there, whether they've been cheated on, whether they're the ones who did it, whether they've got mommy, daddy issues, abuse, trauma, hard to forgive. I've been, I've been doing this work for 20 years. And I think one of the things I really give myself credit for is having the courage to like go to that icky dark place of myself that I 
have been dreading to look at, like to really look at myself in the mirror and go, these are the things about myself that is not very nice. I've been, I've been able to actually go there with, and, and luckily I've had people in my life that have held a safe space for me to go to that place where I can confront my, my deepest demons, but with grace and compassion and forgiveness and love. And, you know, I think that's why I, I love my work so much is I know for a fact that these people do not have a safe space to, I have men who cry to me. I know they've never seen anyone else see them cry, but I get to be that space for them. And so I think that that's, that's what makes the connection so easy for me and my clients. And that's why I do the consults because I need to make sure that we have that connection. If we don't, I can't get them to where they want to go. So I just got to be really honest with them.